In this episode of Full Focus Entrepreneur, I brought on a client of mine, actually, named Elizabeth Thurston, and we tackled everything reopening. Reopening is in full swing across the country at this point, and we sat down and talked about the important things that everybody needs to keep in mind as they're planning either to open a brick and mortar or to open any business. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Uh, This is the Full Focus Entrepreneur Podcast, and today I've got with me Elspeth Thurston from Bluepant Response. Welcome, Elspeth. Oh, welcome, Elspeth. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a, we should just stop addressing each other at this point because it's Elspeth and Elizabeth and I can't do it. And I don't think we should try and make everybody else do it. Sounds good. Tell us a little bit. <laughs> tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. Um, so I am the founder of a company, uh, Blueprint Response, and we really work with businesses to evaluate um, what your needs are around all hazard planning. So that really is planning around any kind of emergency that your business might have um, or be subject to. Can you give me a couple examples? I know when I think about this, immediately I go like straight to hurricane and then forget everything else. Give us some more examples besides hurricanes. I mean, hurricanes are definitely one, but it could be something like the CEO's extended illness or a Mm -hmm. employee's extended illness or absence. Hurricanes definitely flooding. Uh, just from normal rainstorms and uh, even what we're experiencing now with the COVID-19, all of those types of things are considered a hazard or an emergency for your business. Right. And thanks for leading me directly into the topic of the day, which is COVID-19. We're going to talk about reopening Uh, because that's something that states are starting to do. We're in Virginia where we're already – are we in phase one? We were in phase one, and then they postponed it. We are as of Monday, so yesterday. Okay, so yesterday we started – we're – well, I won't air this today. So uh, as of Monday the 18th, we are in phase one of opening here in Virginia, and I think there's a lot of questions out there – especially because unfortunately the whole issue has become kind of very political and we're going to approach it from more of a logistical and a safety standpoint, of course, and, and look at what people need to be considering as they're making choices about what to be opening and how to be adjusting their businesses. Yep, absolutely. So let's start out with like some of the concerns about reopening and things that people really need to be taking into account when they decide what they're doing with their business. Sure. So very first thing is your physical space. If you have been like many businesses that have been absolutely closed or have offices where you have not had folks in them since the beginning of this pandemic, 
you still need to have someone come in and do a pretty thorough cleaning and sanitation of your office space or uh, your physical space. Most of the cleaning um, companies should be able to do that for you. Most of them um, will follow the standard guidelines, um, but you definitely want to have somebody come in and, and then also set up a schedule for them to continue to do so. So I've heard, you know, it's all over the internet, various, you know, factoids about COVID that are or are not true. Sure. Do you know if the, you know, COVID can't survive more than three days on like surfaces? Is that true? It, you know, I think a lot of people are going to say like, no one's been in my office for three weeks. I'm sure there's no COVID there. What is the reality there? Um, the reality is we don't know for sure. Um, and that that is unfortunately when you have a new pandemic, we believe it only lasts for three days. But to be honest, I would still, even though you may not have been in that space, I would still have somebody come in and clean. Um, and more importantly, continue to have them come in and clean. Right. Having things regularly sanitized. Yes. So is that kind of the next step? You know, you clean out when you first get there, but then you have to keep a routine yes. of cleaning? Yes. And that should be one of the very first things that you figure out with your employees, Um have a plan for sanitizing not only I would I would suggest after each shift as well okay. as you know beginning of the day end of the day and potentially depending on the volume of customers if you you know you you can't sanitize too much so if there are right. lulls in your customers coming in it's not a bad idea to wipe down the high touch points so we're talking cash registers, um, door, handles. door handles, exactly. Anything that's high touch, your countertops, your credit card machines, anything that multiple people might be touching at a time. Okay. So for people who don't have customers coming into their offices, <laughs> is after every shift good enough if everybody's kind of sanitizing when they come in and then hopefully staying sanitized or how does that work when you have just an office building. Yeah. So, um, it should be fine to do it, uh, you know, a thorough cleaning every day. Right. Um, still I would consider the high touch areas. So bathrooms, mm -hmm. um, bathroom handles. I personally would try to do the paper towel trick. So turning off handles, opening doorknobs, et cetera, mm -hmm. with a paper towel versus, um, with your, your bare hand. hand. Yep. And, and be aware of other high-touch areas like your printers or, um, oh yeah, you know, shared printers, copiers, that sort of thing. Those are going to be high-touch. So make sure you have sanitation wipes somewhere around uh, that they, they can easily be accessed and you can wipe things down. Great. So we've got cleaning. Cleaning is your first thing and it's going to be an ongoing thing to keep things very, very clean. Correct. What else is a top issue? Yep. So um, the next thing to, to really consider is what is your, your stance going to be on screening employees or self-screening employees? Um, so 
you should at a very minimum have a sick leave plan in place. Um, your employees should feel empowered that if they have a fever, they should stay home um, mm-hmm. and not be penalized for staying home. Um, the last thing you want right. is is somebody to come into the office that has a fever. Um, yeah, whether it's absolutely. COVID or anything else, as we head into flu season, et cetera, anytime somebody's sick, they should feel okay not being in the office. And this is one of those situations where, you know, don't be stingy with your leave because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of danger more than usual in not being really open with your employees about leave. Right. And, you know, we've proven now for the last two months that we can work from home. So, right. you know, if an employee is not feeling 100%, but feels like they could get work done at home versus coming into the office, make sure you have those policies in place. What are your telecommuting policies and how liberal are they going to be? Because we've, we've proven it can be done. So we should not mm-hmm. attempt to go backwards in those policies at this point. Right. Let somebody stay home for two weeks until you're sure it wasn't coronavirus. All right. We're keeping things clean. We're letting people go home if they are sick. What else? Um, Next question will be, uh, well, for both in the office and um, for customers is the question of masks. When and how do you mask? Absolutely. Um, This is... This is probably the big thing right now. This is the big debate. Yeah. This is the big, big you know, this is the sticking point for a lot of people. Um, I personally am continuing to mask anytime I go out in public. Yes. And that is really about protecting myself as well as protecting other people from anything I might be carrying. Right. And... I think an important thing to be said about the mask debate is, you know, why not? If if somebody comes out in four years and says, guys, we never really needed to use those. Like, it turns out they didn't really work. What have you really lost? Right. Whereas if you – if it, people – we discovered that it was a super, super effective, we would have lost a lot by the people who chose not to wear masks. Right. So um, I think also a great point – you know, of course, the HIPAA filtered ones are the very best. Uh, but even if you aren't getting that um, benefit from it, I find that it reminds me not to touch my nose and mouth, yes. which is the worst thing, of course. Yes. You know, touching any place that fluids come out of your body is a huge issue when you're talking about a virus that spreads the way this one does. So if nothing else, I don't scratch my nose as much. Right. Well, I do it with like my elbow, but it's through the mask. So I'm not getting anything on my hands and then touching everything right. around And that is head. a good point. If you're going to wear a mask, make sure you're wearing it properly. It does have to be over both your nose yes. and your mouth and not just over your mouth. Um, and at a mm-hmm. minimum, again, I would at least wear your mask. So if, say you're in an office building. If you're going to be in a elevator, for example, that is close quarters. Right. Wear your mask. 
um, you know, if, if you get to your, you know, if you have an office and it's, you know, a closed space, you're the only one there, you know, you might be okay not to have your mask on while in your office, but then put it on when you're in common areas. So just, mm-hmm. you know, anytime you're going to be within close proximity to another person, I would say at least for now, continue to wear a mask. Yeah. Let's talk about gloves because I see people kind of misusing gloves a lot. Yeah. Who should be wearing gloves? Um, unless you are caring for someone with COVID or are working in a healthcare setting or are potentially touching another person, you know, say you're a tattoo artist, for example, you should be wearing gloves. Right. If you think you're going to come in that close of contact to someone else's bodily fluids, you should be wearing gloves. Otherwise, there's no reason to to carry gloves because the virus can, you know, live on the gloves as well as the, any other surface. Right. It's much more effective to just wash your hands after you touch things yes. uh, because gloves are only effective if you're constantly, constantly changing them between every surface that you touch, exactly. which is the way that things work in a hospital, but not the way things work in a grocery store or anything like that. Correct. All right. So masks in high volume areas, lose the gloves unless you're a medical professional. What else? Um, you know, think about what are your, what's going to be your policy for your customers or clients coming in. Um, same, same kind of policies for your employees. Um, you know, let customers or clients reschedule. If they are not feeling well, um, you know, I, a lot of, right. you know, hair salons, that sort of thing may have a 24 hour cancellation policy, waive that for now so that everyone can be safe. Um, you know, let, let your clients know what the policy is. If you're going to ask them to wear a mask, make sure they, um, either are informed of that coming in or that you have masks that you can provide for them. Right. These have all been things very much about preventing the spread. Are there other things on kind of the economic side that people need to be thinking about yeah. as they reopen? Yeah. So I think as everybody is coming back in, there are there's a couple of things. So um, first is... You know, revenues are down. We know this. Um, so there's a couple of things that you can do. Um, number one, think about your travel policy. Um, you know, you may have to make the hard decisions that, number one, travel will be restricted, not only from a safety perspective-wise, but a financial perspective-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and find out also, you know, are those conferences or that sort of thing that you might have gone to in the past, are they doing any virtual and, and is it more budget friendly to do the virtual versus in-person travel? Um, you know, so that's one thing that you can do. And then, um, you know, the other thing you can do is if you haven't done it already, start looking at the small business administration and the information that they have there for you. There are still loans available and monies available around COVID-19 and disaster relief. 
So start, you know, sba.gov is a great place to go to start looking at that information. I've been on sba.gov. I've, you know, sloughed through it. It's a lot like any government site. You feel like you need like a fully armed, like sensei to walk you through it and teach you the ways of the internet or the the government intricacies it's like doing your taxes you're like should i be allowed to do this alone is there any resource for people who feel like they can't navigate these these loans and these programs thanks for asking that is actually one of the things that we do at blueprint response is that if you just are not comfortable working through those or you feel like that would be better resourced by someone else, please feel free to contact us and we are happy to help you walk through that. Um, We'll walk through it hand by hand with you and determine the appropriate things for you to apply for. I think another thing uh, that you kind of just touched on is it can be time consuming to do something like this and it it sometimes makes more sense to outsource learning this because it's not a skill you're going to need to do over and over again for your business. Um, so I highly recommend uh, Blueprint Response if that's something that you're interested in. What other resources beha- besides SBA.gov can people be looking at if they need more information about this whole reopening thing? Sure. Um, the CDC is also, you know, again, a government website, but it is um, pretty comprehensive with what mm-hmm. Um, is available as well as um, it has, you know, right up front, it has information about social distancing and about testing. So that is the place I would point you for that. I think another thing that's really important that people start talking about uh, is the fact that things, you know, I was joking with my husband, like, when are they going to blow the whistle and we all get to go out to dinner again? But the reality is there's never going to be like a whistle blow. It's all over. You guys can go back to normal. You know, normal is is very much changing as we speak. Um, right. The, the phases of reopening are designed to safely and gradually get people, you know, back out on the streets and out in the world again. But as businesses, we do need to be taking into account that some of the, the things, some of the ways that we do business are changed and will not go back to the way they were for months and months, possibly years and years, and maybe never at all. We may, you know, we've all found how working from home works. Maybe a lot more companies are going to make that choice now that we've really workshopped it very, very hard. Of course, I don't know that it's a perfect controlled experiment, seeing as a lot of people also have their children at home, which doesn't exactly make for the greatest work environment. But we've proven as a country that we could do that. And COVID is, you know, they're talking about this vaccine. There's been great news even just today on the progress of vaccines. But that's even still not going to be ready until 2021 at the earliest. So as businesses, we need to not only be thinking about, okay, what do I do this second to make my business more sanitary and my employees more comfortable with staying home if they need to. But also, what am I going to do to make my business fit with 
the new order of the world, so to speak. From your perspective, what are some of the things that are going to be kind of more sticky? What are the things that are not going to change as quickly, that, that are not going to go back to normal for months and months, maybe years and years? Yep. I think the remote work and the ability for being flexible with how your employees do their work should not change. Um, As you said, it was sort of a controlled experiment or somewhat controlled experiment in this, but we've proven now that many in the workforce can effectively work um, from home. And so, you know, what that looks like, whether it's you have a decreased amount of staff on a daily basis where you rotate staff in, um, I think that's not going to change. I think the social distancing and gathering in smaller groups is not going to change for a while. So you may need to rethink how you're doing meetings. If you, you know, have more than 10 people in a meeting room, can you do that by WebEx? Um, Is that more efficient to have that, you know, or, and rethink, you know, do you you need those meetings uh, on a normal basis or is it something that can be handled in some other manner um, you know, Microsoft Teams or Slack or any of those online resources? Is, is there better ways to handle those sort of net, networking and, um, you know, meeting type situations? Right. And that's going to open us up to kind of a more global, more global teams. Yes, absolutely. And, additional and I think thing- we can take advantage of that because yeah. now businesses aren't pigeonholed into hiring only local employees they're able to as you said this more and more businesses can become global businesses because there is not that location tie any longer right and this isn't to say that there isn't something really nice about sitting down around a conference table and brainstorming something with a group of people there is absolutely kind of you know, something in the air in those meetings that you don't always get online. Sometimes you do get it online. Sometimes you get, you know, something's in the Wi-Fi or whatever. But we're not saying that those are ever going to die entirely because they have a je ne sais quoi, you know. But they aren't right now reasonable. And this is the time for us to figure out ways for them to be fitting in with our reality. Another thing that I think we should touch on um, that's maybe more my wheelhouse than yours is that the way that people buy is fundamentally changed right now and will continue to change and not go back to normal for a while. Um, You know, people are shopping online. People are not, you know, there's no more window shopping on Main Street. For, For a lot of small businesses, that's been hugely detrimental. You know, people are sitting at home and they're ordering from target.com or Amazon, but they can't, you know, walk into a boutique. So that is something that has shifted and may not shift back for a very long time. And if we don't want 
those boutiques, those small businesses, those main street establishments to die out, we have to reevaluate the way that we're marketing, reevaluate what we're selling and what our target is. A lot of people have shifted out of the socioeconomic status that they enjoyed before. You know, so, so, so many people are unemployed right now and they're not, you know, buying boutique dresses for fancy parties that they're going to. There aren't fancy parties and they can't afford them and they are not going down Main Street to see the cute shop windows. So everything about who is buying what and how has been kind of warped. And we need to all be sitting down and retaking stock of who is our target market, how can we serve them best, retailing our products to them. Uh, Elizabeth, I can use you as an example uh, because you are one of my clients. And normally you would be focused more on getting people a disaster preparedness plan, which is your wheelhouse, which is fantastic. And everybody needs one. This is my shameless plug for Elizabeth. If you do not have a plan for what's going to happen in a fire or a hurricane or extensive illness, she's your girl. But right now, she has shifted a lot of that focus to helping people navigate, not here's my plan for what's going to happen if there's a disaster, but here's my plan right now for what I'm doing in this disaster. And we each need to be sitting down and really thinking about how can I shift with my market? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, just like you said, we've we've shifted some of the work we've done, and I have seen uh, small businesses that have effectively shifted what they've done. You know, you talked about the boutiques, and one of my favorite little boutiques is now doing online flash sales and you know modeling things mm-hmm. online, which is fantastic. And so, being able to be nimble is really where businesses need to be right now. You need to be nimble and not be afraid to try something new with the online space. And also we're entering the phase, you know, a lot of people made temporary changes to try and be flexible. A lot of people like there's a restaurant across the street from where I live. It's this beautiful fine dining experience. But the reality is nobody is ordering fine dining takeout because your filet mignon will be cold when it arrives. So they have actually completely shifted the type of food that they do and they're doing like a pop-up like taco bar that, that is all delivery, of course. And that is a change they made so that they could be flexible with the current market. But now we need to not just be looking at what am I going to do to survive for the two months while everybody's ordering food from Grubhub and now be looking at what am I going to do for potentially, you know, months or years that is a sustainable shift that I can make in my business to better fit the needs that everybody has right now, that everybody's going to continue to have for a good long while, realistically. Agree. I mean, you know, like you said, for restaurants, that could mean something as simple as putting your menu online so that you don't have to hand out menus that, you know, the reusable menus that you would have to then sanitize. Put it online and let people know, you know, have QR codes, what people can scan so they know what your specials are. There's all kinds of unique things you can do. It's just you know, we, but we do, we have to get into that space with what's it going to look like in the future, because we, 
know now that we are all moving more and more into digital space. Right. Another thing to be thinking about is not just, uh, that's a good example of how to make things easier to stay clean, easier to, uh, a, a similar example would be, you know, if you do own a physical retail store, spreading out your displays so that it's not quite as crammed and you can fit people further apart. Um, but in addition to kind of those safety contagion measures, you can also be looking at what do people need and want right now? You know, drive-in movie theaters. This is going to be the summer for drive-in movie theaters. I'm convinced. Agreed. So, and And movie theaters are going to now have to look at what can they offer you know, because they can do things to make their offering safer, but what other things could they offer based on what people want, based on what, what are people craving right now? What are people hoping for? What has shifted? Where are the new gaps in the market? There are lots of opportunities for people to pivot a little bit towards something that's different because that's what people are looking for. You are the luckiest guest because I end all of my podcast episodes by asking people how they stay focused. And you have the unique honor of trying to answer that question in the middle of a global pandemic. So in the middle of a global pandemic, what do you do to be focused and to really keep your eyes on the prize in your business? Sure. Um, I think for me, it's it's all about the timing and it's all about how I schedule my day. It is very often that I will, you know, there's no commute anymore. And so I get up, I make a cup of coffee and I'm on my computer right away. So for me, it's trying to really tailor my day so that I not only have the time to do work, but then I have a good solid cutoff for me. That's generally, I go for a run or a walk after, um, my work day ends. That's my commute home, if you will, my walk or run is, and then being able to effectively switch to family time so that I am not always on, um, really that balance is super important, particularly with my family being home. Um, my husband is a first responder. So being able to spend the time with him when he is home is super important as well as my son is home and trying to work in his schoolwork as well. So really time blocking, um, making sure I have good start and finishes to my day is the best way to keep myself focused. And I'm glad you also brought up the exercise thing. I think you know, we've seen people out and about walking and now it is very clear that we're, you know, we're entering reopening. And my personal opinion is that the first thing that needs to fully reopen is the sidewalks. There's lots of people who were walking during kind of the core of the pandemic, but as we've got a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, now you have no excuses to not get out, you know, probably with your mask, Although, honestly, I use my mask probably as much for the pollen as for COVID at this point. Um, but be getting out, be getting exercise, going for a run, going for a walk, uh, and getting that, that I fully outlet. agree. Um, you know, I, I don't think the gym's reopening. Um, you know, they're not in phase one, and that's definitely 
going to be a while just because if you think of gyms, they are all high touch areas, everything in them yes. from the treadmills to the weights, etc. Everything is high touch. So that would not be my first goal would be to rush back to the gym, but getting outside, getting some sun, yeah. getting out of your house. And, um, you know, I have met by, you know, a wave of a hand, many of the neighbors that I have not seen before. And yeah. in fact, um, you know, I've had neighbors now that will stop when I'm running and say, you know, good job. I see you all the time, that sort of thing, because I run the same route. So, right. yeah. um, you know, it's bringing the community together, which is awesome. So, um, and this is totally off topic, but I, this is something my grandmother used to say, you know, all these kids are going to the gym to work out. Why don't you just try working? So sometimes getting that workout while we're waiting for gyms to reopen is like really hardcore vacuuming can be totally a workout, you know, absolutely. go outside and wash your windows. Who's done that in the last seven years? And that, you know, work up a sweat in those outdoor ways to give you that little bit of, you know, movement uh, while we wait for gyms to reopen. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. You kind of had like a checklist, if I remember, on things to do to open up. Yes, I do. I absolutely have one. So I'm going to have a... Uh, her email in the description in the show notes and you can shoot her an email and she will send you a PDF of that checklist if you are looking to uh, reopen nice and safely. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. We'll send you the PDF. And then if you want to have a further conversation, I am more than happy to have, you know, a 30 minute conversation with any business owner. um, If you have some questions and see how I can further help you. We all need to be helping each other. That's one of my big kind of takeaways from the pandemic in general, but even just from this talk, you know, being really compassionate and understanding of people's limitations, people's, you know, time being different, people needing more space if they might be sick. People have a lot of needs. And if we are compassionate about it, we're, we're going to get through this pandemic and the reopening and everything else that this year can throw at us because Guess what, everyone? Hurricane season is coming. That's right. June 1st. Uh, She's also the person to talk to about hurricanes. So thank you so much for joining me, Elizabeth. Um, I really appreciated our talk, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you. It was joy. Thank you for spending your time with me, Elizabeth Tolis, here in the Emerald office. If you want to hear, watch, read, and learn more about entrepreneurship, focus, and living a life of impact, I invite you to check out Full Focus Entrepreneur, where I coach small business owners to be more effective, more organized, more profitable, and more impactful. If you're interested in listening to more of me talking to myself and others, please check out The Emerald Office, where all the episodes for all of my podcasts can be found. Both The Emerald Office and Full Focus Entrepreneur, as well as my social media and the show notes, can be most easily found at elizabethtolis.com. And I want to specially thank Eric Tolis, who made the sweet backtrack you're listening to now, and Maria Carius, who made the beautiful artwork that graces this podcast's cover. A link to all of Maria's art can be found in the show notes.